In the name of Jesus, Father, we rejoice that we have the privilege of coming together to fellowship and to study your word. The entrance of your word giveth light and it giveth understanding to the simple. This morning we come humbly and respectfully before your word. Our hearts are simple to receive light. And so tonight, we are not, this morning we are not complicated. We are just simply receiving from the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. So I decree that revelation knowledge is gifted everyone under the sound of my voice. I take authority over every sickness and disease. We rebuke you in the name of Jesus. We command healing for everyone that is sick listening to this broadcast this morning. And we give you praise for answered prayer. We decree that by the end of this service, the body of Christ edified, the people of God built up and Jesus glorified. Nobody lives here the same way they came. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that amen like thunder. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our feet together as we say these words. I am born of God. I am born of the world. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus name. And every believer says a powerful amen. We want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and all of you in Akwaibom State that are connected right now by way of Comfort FM and XLFM. It's a joy to have everybody connected to the service. Do me a favor. Call a friend, call a family, call a neighbor or a colleague somewhere. Ask them to tune to this radio station and stay there because life is going to come right into your homes through the airwaves right now. Our social media community, I want to thank all of you who've been doing it together. Do it again this morning. Let's share the video to all the groups on your on your Facebook page. And then, you know, tag some people, create watch parties. Let's flood the entire Blue Marble Planet with the fragrance of Jesus' grace. And then all of our house centers in Aquaibom State, glad to have all of you in church this morning. All our campuses globally, we're so happy to have everybody connected. You get ready. We're going to have an exciting time. Are you excited in the building this morning? Can we give Jesus the greatest shout in the service. Amen. Well, grab a pen, a notebook, your Bible, and you can be seated with your sweet, smart self as we get into the word of his grace. It's still 60 days of glory, and we are examining a new subject beginning from this service right into the week. Next Sunday is going to be the last Sunday of 60 days of glory 2020. You know, next Sunday, and uh, we're, we're trusting God for certain things, and uh, we will let you know in the course of the week, beginning from tomorrow. I'm beginning a series. We ended the series on the promises of God in the first service this morning, all right? And it ran through the whole week. I want to encourage those of you that were not here or you've not been able to partake to order for the materials on your way out at the end of the service. And if you're watching online, you can call the office or shoot an email to Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com. I'm beginning a series of teaching right in this service. It's titled, Citizens of a Beloved Country. Citizens of a Beloved Country. Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 1. Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Take note of fathers. 
take note of prophets, spoke to the fathers by the prophets. The fathers, meaning the Jewish fathers of the Old Testament. You will find out the life of the New Testament believer on earth today and privileges and blessings of God that are with the believer today. They were spoken ahead of time. The blessings, the privileges, the rights of the New Testament believer today were spoken in the Old Testament ahead of time. The epistles, when we say epistles, we are talking about Acts of the Apostle to Revelation, which is the New Testament or what we call the revelation of the mystery. Old Testament mystery, New Testament revelation, the unveiling or the Greek word apocalypsis, the apocalypsis, the uncovering of the musterion, Old Testament musterion, mystery means classified information. So the Old Testament has classified information and the New Testament declassifies the classified information of the Old Testament. Or the New Testament uncovers the Old Testament mystery. Alright, so in the Old Testament we have, like I said, the, the rights, the privileges, the promises of the New Testament believer in prophecy. In the epistles, which is the New Testament, are the history of the believer spoken ahead of time. The history of the believer spoken ahead of time is now a reality in the epistles, which is actually what we call the family album of the born again man. That is, the epistles were spoken in the Old Testament. So, they are the history of the believer. Let's quickly, you know, let's quickly, 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 let's look at the word sundry times. Remember the scripture again, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Unto the fathers by the prophets. The word sundry times is a Greek word polymeros. Polymeros which means times or ages okay, or dispensations, then there's another word, the diverse manners, polytropos. Polytropos is geography, where you have demarcations. So, the way God spoke, they had boundaries in the things they knew. That is, in each of the times, for example, the times of Abel had boundaries in what they knew at the times of Abel, different from the boundaries in the times of Abraham, different from the boundaries of the times of Noah. All of these are different times. It's called sundry times, sundry times, polymeros and polytrophos. Okay, so no single writer of the Old Testament had all the truth. That's why the Old Testament is called partial revelation or the revelation in portions, in portions. No one writer had the complete revelation of God in the Old Testament. Please stay with me. So it also means that more than that, the Old Testament prophets spoke most of the times in symbolic ways or in figurative ways. In symbolic ways or in figurative ways. So look at Hebrews 1.1 again. God, 
who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. I tried to look at the way it was, you know, written in the original text, talking about the, the Greek, the Greek text, because now it's important to know that why we use Greek and Hebrew is because when, when the Bible was written, there was no English language in existence at all. English language is very young. It only began a thousand years ago. Alright, so when the Bible was written, there was no English language in existence. So it was originally written in Greek and Hebrew. Now, when English language came into being, they translated the Hebrew and the Greek into English with the old English. So that's why when we teach, because English has progressed, when we teach, in order for us not to lose the meaning, because sometimes in the course of translation, depending on the grammar or the English or the English available at the time of translation certain words didn't have English expressions that were adequate so in translating you lose the meaning of the original writer that's the job of a pastor now to go look for the original and bring the interpretation in today's understanding so you get the gist of the matter. I don't know if you understand. So that's why we use Hebrew and Greek. It's not for intimidation. It's part of the tools for teaching so you can be equipped. Now, so when I looked at the original text of the Greek, the word spoke is the Greek word laleo, L-A-L-E-O, laleo, and it's like passive speaking, passive speaking, which is passive speaking by the prophets. So the prophets in the Old Testament spoke concerning the New Testament in figurative analysis and symbolic communications passively. Passively. Now, then he said in verse 2 of Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1 verse number 2. Hath in these last days, put that scripture up for me quickly. Hath in these last days spoken. He spoke to the fathers had in these last days spoken. Did you observe? Spoke, spoken, not speaking. Not speaking. He has spoken. Jesus is God's last word. He has spoken. He spoke. In these last days, he has spoken, please pay attention, he has spoken, put up that scripture for me, he has spoken unto us, spoke to the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. The original is not by his son, because the son is not an errand boy for God. Jesus is not junior God. Jesus is not God's messenger. So he cannot be speaking for God. Jesus is God speaking for himself. Jesus is God revealing God. So have in these last days spoken in his son. That's the original. In his son, not by his son. Have in these last days spoken in his son whom he hath appointed heir of all things. The J.B. Phillips translation says, whom he had appointed the legal owner, 
the legal owner of all things. The King James says, heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Please stay with me. He made the worlds. So, he said he has spoken in his son, which is active. Old Testament, the prophet spoke passively. In the New Testament, God has spoken in his son actively. So the first one is passive. The second one is active. So in the prophets, is passive. That's why it was limited information. Because it was passive. You have to put everything together to have an understanding of God's plan and purposes. You have to put the entire 39 books of the Old Testament together. As one, because it is portion, 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 depending on the times, little, little portions of revelation. No one has the complete portion. It is when you take all the little portions and put all together that you have the complete information. That is why the books of the Bible must be read in context. You can't just pick a verse and be running away. You will be insulting the scriptures. And you know what? It is immoral... Listen carefully. It is immoral for anybody to try to make the Bible say what the Bible is not saying. Can you imagine you said something and somebody now says, this is what I think you want to say. But you couldn't say it. Is that not an insult? It's an insult. So when you make the Bible say what the Bible is not saying, you are insulting the sensibility of the writer of the book. It's like what you are trying to say is that Jeremiah wanted to say this, but he didn't say it, so let me help him say it. Mm-mm. That's insulting the scriptures. So we don't, we don't drive our thoughts into the Bible. We let the Bible talk to us. See that? And that's what's called exegesis. When we read our thoughts into the Bible, we are doing insegesis, and that's immoral. It is better to allow the scriptures communicate to us the thoughts of the author. So in the Old Testament, they had limited information. You have to put everything together to have an understanding of God's plan and purpose. Second one says, spoken in his son. So there are four things we are going to identify. But first of all, again, Hebrews chapter 1 verse 2. Please stay with me and pay attention. Hebrews chapter 1 verse number 2. Hath in this last days spoken unto us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. So, number one, God spoke passively by the way things were said in the Old Testament. The amplified version of the Bible says, in different portions of the truth. They didn't have all the truth, not at once. Then he said, in these last days, he has spoken in his son. Now, the son doesn't have a portion. The son is the complete truth in one person. That's why Jesus says, I am the truth. The totality of truth is embodied in the son who is God who became a man so that he can correct the distortions concerning God in the partial revelation of the Old Testament. So Jesus is the express revelation, the comprehensive unveiling, the exact, precise, accurate manifestation of God and of the truth concerning God to us. Please pay attention. Now, 
Mark the words prophets. Prophets. We will examine that, you know, in a short while. Then mark the words fathers had spoken to the fathers by the prophets. The word fathers is the word patriarchs. The Jewish elders. Hebrews 11.2 For by it faith the elders obtained a good report. So those elders are the patriarchs or the Jewish fathers. The ancestors of the Jews. So we're going to locate these words in writings that were directed to the patriarchs of Israel. The fathers, the ancestors of the Jewish people. The patriarchs, of course, will be seen between the books of Genesis and Malachi. Genesis and Malachi contains the, 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 the message to the patriarchs. The message to the Jewish fathers. Alright? So technically, pay attention. Technically, Genesis to Malachi. Genesis to Malachi did not speak to non-Jews. Gen- technically, Genesis to Malachi did not speak to non-Jews because he spoke to the fathers, the ancestors of the Jews, to the fathers by the prophets, by the prophets. All right. So, but he spoke about the non-Jews. He didn't speak to non-Jews, but he spoke about. Okay, he didn't speak to. But he spoke about the non-Jews. So Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 summarizes Genesis to Malachi. Look at Luke chapter 24 verse 25. Please pay attention. Luke 24, 25. I'm laying foundation because this series is going to be quite some, some teaching. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets, the prophets, Old Testament prophets, have spoken. Spoke to the fathers by the prophets. The prophets have spoken. Please pay attention. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory and beginning at Moses and all the prophets. He expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. They have spoken in the Old Testament, all that the prophets have spoken, which means what has been written. The speakings of the prophets is what has been written. Verse 26, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things, these things, and to enter into his glory, so active from the prophets to the fathers. But God has a character there in the speakings, in the active speakings, in the active speakings of the prophets to the fathers. God's character in the active speakings is passive. There is an active speakings of the prophets to the fathers. But within the confines of the active speakings of the prophets to the fathers, God's character within that Within that, within those parameters, God's character is passive. And you will find out why in a short while. God's character is passive. What we are simply saying is that, if you look at Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 and verse 2, 
God spoke to the fathers by the prophets. Verse 2. Has spoken in his son. So question. What did they say in partial revelation or in the portions of the truth in the Old Testament? What did they say? Or what was the substance of their speakings? The prophets of the Old Testament. What was the substance of what they were saying? Luke 24, 26 gives us the substance. Okay, verse 26. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? To suffer and to enter into his glory? So the prophets, the substance of their speech in the 39 books of the Old Testament, all 39 books, the substance of the speech of the prophets is that the Christ will suffer. And out of his suffering, glory will follow. So the 39 books are reduced to two sentences. That's the only substance in 39 books. You didn't hear that. The only substance in the 39 books of the Old Testament is only two statements from the mouth of the message. The sufferings of Christ and the glory that will follow. That means outside of those two statements, everything else is just story, story. It has no substance. So, in the Old Testament, those two statements was a primary, I mean, a, a primary communication. So the question will be, what did they say in partial revelation? They spoke Christ. They spoke Christ in partial revelation. So, they had Christ's revelation. They had Christ's revelation in the Old Testament. The words of Christ. They had the truth about Christ. Among many incidences. Many incidences. Among many proclamations of the Old Testament. So that means, it's not that every statement... Of the Old Testament is about Christ. Mm -mm. Every statement of the Old Testament is not about Christ. Please don't get that wrong. That's why I said it is reduced to two statements, which is the substance of the Old Testament. Now let's let's look at this. We are the prophets of the Old Testament patriarchs. We are the patriarchs. Yes, yes. An example of those prophets will be David. David was a prophet, I tell you, and a patriarch. He was both a prophet and a patriarch. Look at Hebrews chapter 2 verse 6, pay attention. Hebrews chapter 2 verse number 6, but one in a certain place testified saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? Hebrews 2.6 was taken from Psalm 8 verse 4 to 6. Psalms chapter 8 verse 4 to 6. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him. Next verse. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Now, though you find that statement in Job, the same statement in Job chapter 7 verse 17, but it's clearer 
in Psalms chapter 8 verse 4 to 6. Look at what he says again in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 6. Stay with me. Hebrews 2 6. But one in a certain place testified saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? Now, please pay attention. Who is that one? Who is he? Look at what David said again in Psalms 8 verse 4 to 6. We just read that. What is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? Please stay with me. Now, testify means to speak as a witness. He testified in a certain place to speak as a witness. David spoke as a witness in the Old Testament. What the writer of Hebrews was making reference to. So David spoke as a witness. That is a speaking action or the word, take the Greek word, daimaturomai. Daimaturomai is spelled as D-I-A-M-A-R-T-U-R O-M-A-I Daimaturomai It always speaks about a personal testimony When you are not sending anybody to speak on your behalf Also it means a solemn A solemn and of course it involves words David spoke That means what was written in Psalm 8 was first of all spoken by David. He spoke. It was spoken by David. So what was David doing? He was testifying. He was giving a witness of something. Or he was witnessing to something. Now, let's see what he was witnessing to. But before we look at it, let me ask all of you a question. How many of you know that the most quoted prophet... Of the Old Testament in the New Testament is David. I mean, arguably, he is the most quoted by Jesus, by Paul, by all the apostles. Prophet David is the most quoted in the New Testament. And I will tell you why in a moment. <clears throat> I will tell you why he is the most quoted in a moment. Now, he was testifying, David. Look at Hebrews chapter 1 verse 5. Now, please stay with me. If you miss here, you shouldn't have been in the service. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 5. <clears throat> For unto which of the angels said he, said he, said he, at any time, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be unto me a son. That scripture was quoted from David. Psalms chapter 2 verse 7. Psalms chapter 2 verse 7. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. That was David giving a testimony to the truth concerning Christ. Look at Hebrews chapter 1 verse 6. 
Hebrews chapter 1 verse 6. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship him. He quoted that from 2 Samuel 7.14. 2 Samuel chapter 7 verse 14. I will be his father. He shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. Now if you observe, when the writer of Hebrews quoted that verse, he didn't quote everything. The only thing he quoted is, I will be his father. He shall be my son. Full stop. Which means, in the midst of the speakings of the prophet, a word concerning Christ came out, and the New Testament picked that word out, which is rightly dividing. Because the other ones was not concerning Christ. Just the first statement was concerning Christ. So you can see that sometimes, if you read those statements... And you read the pretext of those statements. Those statements will be, you know, like out of context. How can you be saying something? Then it's like you digress to say something else. Then you come back and continue your speaking. Okay? Because in the midst of their natural speakings, the Spirit of God enabled them within the circumstances to give a prophecy concerning Christ. Now you don't take all the speakings. You look for the prophecy. You pick it out and dump the rest of the speakings. Because the rest are not God speaking. They are man speaking. But God inspired within their speakings a prophecy which you look for. Am I teaching here? Yes. You look for the prophecy. That's what how the Old Testament was written. Those statements will be like out of context. That's, that is why it's partial revelation. Partial truth. Like, you know, somebody will say, Oh Lord, you have made the heavens, the earth, the moon, the stars. Then he will add, What is man? <laughs> David will say, Lord, you have made the heavens, the stars, the moon, the sun. What is man that thou art mindful of? What he just said now on man has nothing to do with moon, sun, stars. But in the midst of his wonderment about God's creation, a prophecy came. What is man? So when we study, we leave the moon, stars, and the sun. We take what is man. Because the substance in that statement is what is man. I don't know if I'm communicating here. Okay, so now, please watch. I'm going to show you something in a second. Now, if you are not careful, you will get into the stories and get lost. You will get lost in the illustrations. So that's how truth was unveiled in the old covenant. Because it was partial revelation. Look at another statement. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 7. Hebrews chapter 1 verse number 7. And of the angels he saith, who maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire. Look at Psalm 104 where they quoted from. Psalm 104 verse 4. Psalm 104 verse 4. Who maketh his angels spirits, his ministers a flaming fire. So the writer of Hebrews quoted that Psalm, you know, Psalm 104 verse 4. So when he says his ministers are flame of fire, he lets us know that the ministers were for the son. We are for the son. 
those ministers were for they were for the son. Look at Psalm 45 verse 6. Psalms 45. For 45 verse 6. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter. The writer of Hebrews quoted that psalm in Hebrews 1.8. Pay attention. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 8. But unto the son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. Stay with me. So, we find that the psalm has been quoted 15 times. Two, the book of Second Samuel, Psalm 104 and Psalm 45. Look at Psalm 102 verse 45. Psalm 102 verse 45. Please pay attention. Psalm 102 verse 4 and 5. Psalm 102 verse 45, sorry, 45. Psalm 102, 45. <clears throat> Psalms 102 verse 45. Glory to God. Psalm 102. Okay, give me verse 10 first. Verse 10. Because of thine indignation and thy wrath, for thou hast lifted me up and cast me down. Give me verse 4. Psalm 4. My heart is timidity and withered like grass, so that I forget to eat my bread. Verse 5. By reason of the voice of my groaning, my bones cleave to my skin. He's quoting, you know, part of what Christ went through on the cross. So, the book of Psalms, we are explained by the writer of Hebrews. By the writer of Hebrews. Anywhere you see Christ or the church spoken of, what was he saying every time? The prophet spoke partial truth or progressive revelation. They were talking about Christ. So, within those statements were prophecies concerning the Christ. That's why we call the Bible a Christocentric material. A Christocentric material. So, the writer of Hebrews again was explaining the book of Psalms. He is saying that the Psalms of David were concerning Christ. Earlier he says in Psalms, I mean in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 5 to 6. Let's read it together. Hebrews 2, 5 to 6. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come. Whereof we speak. Verse 6. But one in a certain place, and we have seen that place, testified saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? Look at verse 8 now. Verse 8. Hebrews 2, 8. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. Wow. So the writer of Hebrews is explaining Psalms. Because the question is what is man? Look at verse, look at verse, verse 9. Now verse 9, verse 9, verse 9. But we see Jesus. 
Glory to God. Who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. Crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. So what he's saying is that in the book of Psalms chapter 8, when David talked about the moon and the stars and all that, then he now said, what is man? The writer of Hebrews is saying that David's interrogation on what is man was inquiring concerning Christ. Christ is man. Christ is man. So the interrogations of David in Psalm 8 verse 4, in the midst of his moon stars, you know, firmament, what is man? He was inquiring about Christ. That's why I say, we do not yet see all things put under him, but we see Jesus, the man. We see Jesus, the man. Are you still in the building? We see Jesus, the man. Now, look at Hebrews again, chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, thou art my son. Which of the angels did he ever say that to? This day have I begotten thee and again. I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. Which of the angels did God ever speak like that to? Look at the next verse. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten, the prototokos, the prototype, into the world, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship the son. No angel has been called a son, but all angels have been commanded to worship the son. Remember, he told you that the angels are flaming ministers of fire. And he said, now they should worship the son. The son there is Jesus. All angels were created to worship the son. The son Jesus. Look at Psalms chapter 2 verse 7. Pay attention. Psalms chapter 2 verse 7. I will declare a decree. The Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. This is David speaking and talking to an audience. And the person he's referring to is not there. This is my son. But the son is not there. He's speaking to an audience. This is my son. This day have I begotten thee. And none of them is the son. And there's no son around. But he's speaking to an audience. About an invisible reality. That was futuristic. Please stay with me. He was speaking about an invisible reality. That was futuristic. He is speaking into the future. About a person. David in prophecy. In the midst of a conversation. He deviates from the gist. And prophesies. Into the future about the son. Then he comes back in the gist. Now if you don't know how to divide the word of God. You will carry both the gist. And the prophecy. And swallow all of them. Which becomes poison. That's why the word must be rightly. Divided. You remove the prophecy concerning Christ and throw the trash away, which is their conversation. We don't need their conversation. It has no life. <laughs> their conversation is just ordinary, like anybody could have been conversing with somebody. Now, so remember, uh, it will be in the midst of his own encouragement, his rebuke of Israel, or in the midst of David's praise and worship, being a psalmist. 
So while the natural man will use his praise for praise and worship, the natural man will use David's praise for praise and worship. I will enter his gate with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his court with praise. Get born again, my friend. If you are still trying to enter, you are not born again, you are outside. So get born again. Once you are born again, you don't enter. You live inside there. So while an ordinary man will take David's words and make them praise and worship, natural man, See, after all, it's in the Bible. (laughs) It's in the Bible. Well done. You have tried. So while the natural man will use his praise for praise and worship, the spiritual man looks for the revelation of Christ. He looks for revelation of Christ. If you are going to act like the typical Jew of that day, you just bring out a tambourine and be singing. Oh Lord, our God, how excellent your name is. How excellent your name in all the earth. Your glory fills the heavens beyond the party sky. I praise your name eternally. You keep singing. Oh Lord, our God, how excellent your name is. You're singing David's songs. But you are not looking for the revelation of Christ. You are carried away by David's gist. When I look into the heavens, the glory of the stars, so an ordinary man, the glory of God to him is the stars. But the man in Christ, Christ in him is the glory. So while ordinary people are looking at stars, Outside, we are looking inward. We are inside out people. We are not outside in people. I'm teaching good here this morning. Yeah. See? So that's why we don't join them to sing those songs because we know better. So, what do we do? You skip the vital truth there. What is man that thou art mindful of? And the truth there was about the prophecy of Christ. And that is where they got the song. Oh Lord my God. When I in awesome wonder. And see the wrong. The works thy hands have made. I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder. And for me. Thunder and star is your power. <laughs> thy power throughout. The universe display. So when you see thunder, you say, ah, God is powerful. When stars appear, oh, God is powerful. You're an ordinary man. You're an ordinary man. We don't sing what David sang because David had limited knowledge. So if we want to sing this song, we, we write it in the New Testament. Oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the works thy hands have made, I see the church I see the new creation, thy power throughout humanity displayed. Then sing my soul, because now you are singing the reality of the New Testament that David desired to see, but could not see. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody here. We don't sing like natural men. We sing like spiritual people. 
Because we have revelation knowledge. Comparing spiritual with spiritual. The natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit. Neither can he know them. Why? They are spiritually discerned. Are we teaching good? Yeah. Now. They sing stars and moon. And they live what is man. Meanwhile, the main gist within those activities is what is man that thou art mindful of. So, God created man in his own image. What is man? It is Genesis 1.26 that David was interrogating. You know, in the midst of admiring the beauty of creation, the thing just bothered him and in prophecy, he now said again, what is man? Because Genesis 1 says, God created man in his image. But when we look at Adam, Adam is not the image of God. Because the image of God cannot fall into sin. So, if God created man in his image, and Adam has fallen, Adam cannot be the man. So, in the spirit of prophecy, what is man? That thou art mindful of him. Then the writer of Hebrews answers David by revelation. When we look at man, we do not see all things under man. So we know that ordinary man is not the man. Then we look again and we see Jesus. <laughs> we see Jesus the man who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. I'm teaching good? Yeah. So the writer of Hebrews supplies David answer by revelation from the New Testament to his interrogation in prophecy in the Old Testament. Now, follow me. I'm getting something now. Now, David was speaking about Christ. How do we know that? Acts chapter 13 verse 32. Acts chapter 13 verse 32. And we declare unto you glad tidings. How that the promise which was made unto the fathers. The promise which was made unto the fathers. Now David, I mean Paul, was preaching again and he quoted David. Look at verse 33. He quoted David, verse 33. God had fulfilled the same unto us, their children. What was that promise? In that... He had raised up Jesus again as it is also written in the second psalm. Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. So Paul declares that Psalm 2, Psalms chapter 2 is a promise of the resurrection of Jesus. Psalms chapter 2 is a promise of the resurrection of Jesus. Now remember, if he says concerning Christ, he is speaking concerning us. Whatever concerns Christ concerns us. So Hebrews chapter 2 verse 12, pay attention. I'm almost done with this service. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 12. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish from the way. When his wrath is kindled, but a little. Blessed are all day that put their trust in him. Alright? I said alright? Look at Hebrews 
Hebrews 2.12 Saying, I will declare thy name. See that, that's David prophesying. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. The writer of Hebrews, where are you quoting from? Psalm 22.22 Psalm 22.22 He's quoting from prophet David. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. That's the psalm of David. I will declare your name. I will declare your name. Is it David or Jesus? Jesus. But David was prophesying. That what Jesus will say. That Jesus will say, I, Jesus, will declare your name. In the midst of the congregation. Okay, but David spoke it in prophecy as if he was the one saying it. You need the New Testament to understand who was saying it. Now, stay with me. In that same scripture where we just read, that text speaks of that congregation, the church, the brethren of Jesus. So this is how things spoken ahead of time, you know, were spoken. Look at Hebrews 1.13. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 13. I'm enjoying this, I don't know about you. But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The writer of Hebrews was quoting from Psalm 110 verse 1. Psalm 110 verse 1. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. Until I make thine enemies thy footstool. He said to which of the angels did he say such a statement to? Which of them? He said it is to the son. It is to the son. Son. Again, that David is quoted there. Why? David was a prophet and a patriarch. So he is speaking concerning the future. That means in the Psalms of David, we will find things that are not referring directly to David. Talking about the future. A person. Listen carefully. David is talking about the future. A person. A people. The future. A person. A people. That's what David is focusing on. The future. A person. Or a people. Look at Hebrews 3 verse 7. Hebrews chapter 3 verse number 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear his voice. Where did he quote from? The writer of Hebrews. From Psalm 95 verse 7 and 8. Psalm 95 verse 7 and 8. For he is our God and we are the people of his pastor. Observe the way they prophesy. For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his son. Today, if you will hear his voice. So in the midst of his praise, he brings out a prophecy. Today, if you will hear his voice. Now, when he said, if you will hear his voice, the introduction of the book of Hebrews focuses more on the book of Psalms. So Psalm 95. Is he talking about the audience as at that time or the future? The future. Very good. The future. Now, observe. When he said his voice, today, 
if you will hear his voice. Whose voice? Huh? The song. Okay. It's correct. But I, I want the answer in scriptural, you know, terminology. If you will hear his voice, what is he referring to? The gospel. The gospel is the voice of God. If you will hear his voice, he's making reference to the gospel. Why? Because the gospel was spoken there. If you will hear his voice. Harden not your heart as in the day of provocation. Which means he was speaking about faith in the gospel. Psalm 95 verse 7. Pay attention. Psalm 95 verse 7. For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice. Look at where the writer of Hebrews will make the same statement. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 3. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 3. For we which have believed do enter into, into rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my rod, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Give me verse 4 now. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise. And God did rest the seventh day from all his works. Give me verse 2 for pretext. Hebrews 4, 2. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard. So he was referring to the gospel. Look at Psalm 95, 11 now. Psalm 95, verse 11. Unto whom I swore in my rod that they should not enter into my rest. God's statement ahead of time about unbelief. That if anybody does not believe the gospel, when it will be preached, like we're preaching today, he said they will not enter my rest because of unbelief. So today, if you don't believe the gospel, you can't enter rest. But once you believe the gospel, you have entered rest. So if you are born again and a preacher say, you will um, receive your rest. Just be looking at him. Because you are born again. He said, take your rest. Just be looking at him. Because what he's saying is be born again. I'm already born again. You don't receive installmental rest in Christ. No, you receive rest once and for all. The day you enter Christ, you have entered permanent rest. And you function from rest. Oh, I don't know if I'm talking to somebody here. You function from rest. So when he was talking about rest, he was talking about the gospel. So his voice there is the gospel of Christ. The message. So when he says his voice, the word voice is the word logos. L-O-G-O-S in the Greek. The word logos. The same term he used in Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12. As a round of this service. Hebrews. For the word of God is quick and powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And of the joints and marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God is alive. When he says the word of God is quick. What he's saying is God is alive. Or the word of God is a living person. The Logos. is The word. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. 
The word of God, the Bible is not the word of God. The Bible is not the word of God. Wait, I've not finished my statement. Don't be in a hurry to conclude for me. The Bible is not the word of God. But the Bible contains the word of God. Because the word of God is not paper and ink. It's not paper and ink. So watch this. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him, him, not it. Without him, the word was not anything made that was made. In him, not in it, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness. And the darkness cannot comprehend it. Verse 6. There was a man sent from God. Whose name was John. Verse 9. He came unto his own. And his own received him not. Verse 12. But as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even as many as believed on his name. Verse 13. Which were born not of flesh or blood or the will of man. But of God. Verse 14. And the word became flesh. So the word of God is a person. The word of God is not a book. You read the book to meet the person. And until you meet the person from the book, you are in a religion. Religion is to stay with the book. Revelation is to leave the book and meet life. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody here. So the word of God is a living person. It's an active person. That's why Hebrews now says, the word is quick. It's, it's quick and powerful. That is the Logos. The Logos is a living person. The word of God is a personality. The word of God is a personality. The word of God is a person. So when he says, when you hear his voice, that his voice is talking about the word of God on the word of God. I want to close something down and open something. He's not talking about the word of God on Mount Sinai. He's talking about the word of God in the person of Jesus. Sinai, no Jesus. Sin and death. Jesus, life. Life and death don't exist together. Sinai, sin and death. Christ, life. Are you following? Yeah, Christ is life. So the word of God is the person of Jesus. So within the world, we are hidden truths about the future. So the audience was not the direct audience of that prophecy. So when the Old Testament prophets were prophesying, their audience were not the target of the prophecy. Because the prophecy was a future event which we today will be the beneficiaries of. Did you understand what I'm saying? Okay. We are the beneficiaries of the prophecy of the Old Testament prophets. Believe the gospel. That's basically what he is saying. So again, who is the word? Who is the word? The son of God. Look at Hebrews 4.12 and Hebrews 4.14 before I pray. 
Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Look at verse 14 so you know who he is talking about. Verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. So the word of God that is quick and powerful in verse 12 is explained in verse 14. That word of God is Jesus the Son of God. The word of God is Jesus the Son of God. Can somebody shout hallelujah? The word of God is Jesus, the son of God. And ladies and gentlemen, he that has the son has life. Relationship with Jesus is life itself. It's life. The life of God is our very existence. It's not our experience. That is our existence. It's not subject to feelings. That is our reality. Whether we feel it or not, that's who we are. We function in life. But the existence will produce the experience. Did you get that? Our existence in Christ will produce our experience of Christ. But whether we have the experience or not, we have the existence. It's permanent. Is eternal. It's not temporal. It's not subject to you. Mm-mm. It's eternal. It's a state. It's a state. See, right now, my state is that I am a human being. Even if I act like a dog, I'm not a dog. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not a dog. I'm just acting. After a while, I'll be tired. I say, I beg. <laughs> All this acting of dog, you don't do. Why? Because I'm not a dog. But a dog can never act human. Because the dog is not human. Why? This is my state. Dog is his state. Once you are born of God, your state is righteous. So even if you sin, you won't be there for long. Because you are just pretending. You are acting to be who you are not. After some time, you yourself, you'll be tired. You will stand up and say, I am the righteousness of God. I'm tired of this. I won't do it again. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody here. Stand on your feet. That's all I've got for you in this service. Somebody shout glory. Stand with me. Let's release our faith together as we say these words very loud. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am born of God. I have the life of God. I live in him. He lives in me. I declare in the name of Jesus. Because I am born of God. I have a union with God. That will never be separated. I didn't hear powerful amen. amen. Father I pray for everybody in this service. Online, on radio, on television, on social media. That the revelation of this word grows big on your inside. Until nothing else matters. In the name of Jesus. We rebuke sickness and disease. Satan your hands off in the name of Jesus. Let the healing power of God flow through the sick bodies right now. Healing, receive, receive, receive healing. Those of you who need a miracle this week, wherever you're hearing the sound of my voice, receive miracles. Receive in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for answer prayer. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer says that amen like thunder.
Well, guys, I'm so excited to be able to serve you the grace of God. I'm going to be joining Mr. Michael Bush in the next two minutes in the other studio where we will answer all your questions and interact for, you know, the next few minutes and just answer your questions, interact with you, answer your calls and just spend the next few minutes with you. But it's a joy to serve you the grace of God. Before I join Mr. Bush, I want to thank all partners and friends who keep giving to us to enable us get the word of God out to where people who need it are through all the various platforms. It takes a lot of money to do what we do. And I want to thank all of you who have selflessly decided to make yourself a blessing to people through your finances. God meets all your needs according to his riches in glory. In Jesus' name. Now everybody grab your offering. I'm just taking one offering. Whether you're giving partnership, commitment, or kingdom investment, or you're giving to support the conference, or you're giving to just support the vision of this house. Everybody grab your offerings or offering. And all our campuses and all our various house centers, grab yours too. Those online, the banking details are scrolling. You know, you can also do yours. And radio audience, Mr. Bush, you read the banking details in the next 30 seconds. And you can also give your offerings. But we love you and we thank you. Lift up your offerings in an attitude of worship as we give to God. Father, we rejoice that we have the privilege to honor Christ and to give our offerings this morning. We give with joy. We give our kingdom investments, all those giving partnership. It's just a joy to be able to give today. And we ask that everyone giving our offering is a sweet smell. And every need in this building is met according to your riches in glory. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer says a powerful amen. Now quickly, there are three books and I will talk about it when I meet with Mr. Bush. The first book here is Bible Truth About Material Wealth. This book just came out yesterday night. Bible Truth. It will, it will change your entire life where Christianity and resources are concerned. The, the second one here is The Last Days. During this COVID-19, all kinds of theories were flying on social media, television. People are saying the world is going to end. It's Antichrist. Jesus is coming. Bill Gates is Antichrist. All that. Before they say Obama was Antichrist. Then they say Pope John Paul was Antichrist. Every day there are new, new, new Antichrist. And people are confused. People don't know what is going on. So I sat down quickly and put together a book on eschatology. This is sound Bible teaching. If you read this book, you will never be confused again about anything happening around the world. You just know what the word of God says. So this book is very serious. A doctrinal insight into the last days and its events. All those things you read in the book of Revelation, all those confused things, they are all clarified in this book. It's one book you cannot afford not to have. The last one here is the office of the pastor. I wrote a book on the office of the pastor because almost all of us that are following my teachings, all of us are going to be pastoring at one point or the other. Whether you pastor your family or you pastor people in your office or you pastor people in your neighborhood, but you will have to pastor people because you can't gather all this knowledge and just eat it. You have to teach somebody else. And once you start teaching somebody, you are pastoring the person. So this book will help you to be an effective pastor, a very effective one. So all of them are available. You can order online. You can send emails to order. You can call, you know, by telephone. But within the week, they will be on Amazon. You can get soft copies on Amazon within the week. And uh, let me just announce the last thing before I let you go. Um, I'll be doing announcements within the week because we might, we might gather within the week as Power City, the whole church. We might be able to come here to worship all of us, the whole of Power City. So, I'm going to make announcements maybe tomorrow or Tuesday. You know, I'll make announcements. So watch out for the announcements. But if that happens, I'll be very happy because I'm writing a book that will be out within the week on the assurance of salvation. 
What I did was all the scriptures that make you think you may lose salvation. All the scriptures that make you think you may lose heaven. I took all of them and did exegesis one by one by one by one by one. And I put them together as a book for you to read and be assured. And that book, we're going to give it free to everybody in Bomb State. Free. We're going to print it and give it free. But listen, I don't know the day we will give it, but it will be within the week. So when we announce the day everybody will gather, that day will be the day we will share the books to everybody. And we're only going to share it one day. We're not sharing two days. So if you miss that day, you miss your book. The next time you see it, you'll be buying it. <laughs> Somebody shout hallelujah. Hey guys, we love you. Don't forget to join us. In the next few minutes, invite more friends on radio, on television, on social media. And those in the building, you're free to stay and just be part of the next sessions. And at the end of it all, I'll be joining the wedding here. And it's not going to be long, but you will enjoy it. Are we excited? All right, I'll see you on the other side while Mr. Bush takes over the platform right now. Let's celebrate viewers around the world for being a part of this service. Glory! Woo! I tell you, I'm excited. You have been blessed by this message.